You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Shire. Uh, he's our guest today. Jace Frederick could not make it. But please make sure you are liking, subscribing, downloading, doing whatever you can on any podcast platform to get this right onto your phone. Um, you know, we, we're going to break down this whole season. Um, maybe Tom will join us a couple more times too. Right now it, it, it's me and him. It's usually me and Jace Frederick. Um, but it, we're, we're enjoying talking about this season. It's been an up and down so far to this point. But they are 4-1. and one. And after the 29-22 victory over the Bears, um, the Vikings are atop the NFC North, kind of flying high. Tom, one play sticks out to me from this whole game. And I think it's it's probably going to be one that, that a lot of people are going to have some fun with because game's hanging in the balance. Vikings up 29-22. Looks like the Bears could make a push down the field. Amir Smith-Marset catches yes. the ball on the left sideline. Amir Smith-Marset, yeah. who Vikings fans will remember, was in training camp. The Vikings mm-hmm. begged him to be their starting punt returner, and he consistently muffed the ball in practice and in training camp and in preseason and got cut. Well, Fast forward week five, Amir Smith-Marset with the game on the line, catches the ball down the left sideline. Cam Danzler makes a miss and then just gives Cam Danzler the ball. Uh, Cam Danzler comes in, steals it right out of his hand, slides game over. Oh, man. Uh, Just talk about the palette of emotions on that play. While you were watching it, Tom, uh, we can talk more about Amir Smith Marset in a little bit, but from a Cam Danzler perspective, yeah, uh, you know how how impressive was that to, to kind of stick with it, and uh, kind of what have you been imp- your impressions of him so far to this point in the season, the ups and the downs? Yeah, you know, I think back to like that first camp with Danzler, and he wasn't even. I think Gladney was taking a while ahead of him, and people came away going like, "This guy's a stud," right? And people do this in camp; they overhype players, and I think it was like a blocked pass on Thielen, right? So there's some attention on it anyways. But first impressions can kind of stick with you. And I've always felt like he's he has all these like physical tools. Like he's a really, really good tackler, which it's ironic that he got beat on the tackle here. But um uh I you know I think the way he's built and stuff, I, I think he should be really good. And yet like his head kind of keeps getting in the way. And I don't know if that's an environment where um, Zimmer prioritized veterans and that it was really tense pretty much throughout the whole time that he was here. This wasn't like Xavier Rhodes or Harrison Smith who came in where there was, 
you know, kind of the honeymoon, I guess, of the of the new coach and the turnover and stuff like that, and also a defensive coach at that. Um, so maybe a tough environment for a young player. And also I think just mentally he can kind of get in his own head. And I think mm-hmm. for him to miss a tackle, which he's good at, to potentially kind of mess up a play at a key moment against a, a guy who was literally in camp with the Vikings, for him, at least he says he kind of recalls that he can be loose at the ball to have the wherewithal to go, I can make a game-winning play here. Um, in some ways he earned that moment just because like, to me, it's never the physical with him. It is the mental. And I think it's really fun that like he makes this play has the heads up, not to go screaming and try to like get in the end zone and score. Cause he didn't need to. And in fact, could have messed it up further, right. He could have fumbled on his own or something. Mm-hmm. And then to have Patrick Peterson, who's like his boy, right. Who's his, you know, he's learning from drag him into the tunnel <laughs> to try to do the celebration there was something just fitting about kind of how that that ended so yeah kind of a fun moment for dancer himself and um maybe cathartic after a game that the vikings could have blown that that sealed it we knew in that moment as he slid on the field Vikings gonna win they're gonna move on to the next week yeah it was fun in the locker room listening to just different people talk about that play i think harrison phillips the defensive tackle said coolest play he's ever seen Patrick Peterson talked a lot about, like you said, the, you know, he's really taken Cam Dancer under his wing. So yeah. Fun to watch him kind of talk a little bit about that moment of pulling him into the tunnel, but also just like the growth that he's seen in him week to week. Uh, Harrison Smith talked about how like, that's a coached thing. Like yeah, an aggressive angle. It's like, if you're behind a guy, you can go for the ball. You can, you can ball hawk there. Um, it, it doesn't always have to be a tackle. Um, it was interesting to hear Harrison Smith talk about how once he saw Amir Smith-Marset stiff arm Cam Dancer to the ground, and he realized that that Smith-Marset was going to turn up field and wasn't going to go out of bounds, mm-hmm. that he decided to kind of slow play it and say, "Let me let let's let Cam Dancer catch up here because because I think something could happen." Sure enough, a few seconds later, he has the ball in his hands, and and the Vikings are going to win. Another play that I think will go unnoticed, or like because Cam Denzer made such a spectacular play to win the game, essentially. That wins the Vikings the game. Mm-hmm. He also had another play earlier in, in the game. Fields, I think it was a 54-yard yeah. touchdown run. He looked like Michael Vick on the play, seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run up the left side, cuts back up in the end zone. On that play, poor Amir Smith-Marset gets called for blocking in the back. Um Touchdown gets called back. We talked to Cam Danzler after the game. He said, yeah, I was a little dramatic with it. I might have flopped. But it was another smart play. And and mm-hmm. you know, it's things like that, little things like that, it's just making a play. He doesn't practice flopping. Yeah. <laughs> it was just – it was in the moment, and he, he stepped up, and he realized I'm not going to make this tackle, but I could probably make it look like Amir Smith-Marset hit me in the back. And, and sure enough, that proves to be a, you know another difference maker play. Yeah, I mean, it's an illegal move, right? So in some ways, like, he's just highlighting that that Amir Smith-Marset did something you're not allowed to do. I guess in a football game, at the same time, it was a little dramatic. It felt a little like a flop in hockey or soccer or, you know, a guy guy takes a charge, right? And you're like, well, I don't think he should have hit the floor that hard off of that or something. So it's, it's, it's a fun play. It's a way to emphasize, like, look what happened. I guess it's a defensive play. I guess we can give him that. Um, we can go back to should that – we got to that point that that play mattered. Should the defense break down like that? I mean, Peterson talked about in the locker room, like it is a little hard to account for. Like you got all these receivers. And then on top of that, you're like, oh, the quarterback can like take off and go. But we see more dual threat guys like that. The defense has to account for that. So 
the preference there is of course like either just don't let him run or don't let him run that far mm-hmm. having said that we see how explosive he was it's a it's a bit like in your mind you have to go like yeah he can do that you know what i mean it, he's so fast that i don't expect a quarterback to like just run up the middle of a defense or whatever but i guess literally when push comes to shove <laughs> maybe make a push look like a shove and and that's what he did and and i guess it saved the vikings on that play yeah how bad do you feel for amir smith marset i mean that, I, I get, can't be any worse than that no it's i i honestly do i was thinking that when we were talking about him like that was a surprise cut you know if you think back in that moment that was a bit of like wait what are they doing and you know, I think after talking to Matt Daniels, we knew what was happening. He was like, give me someone dynamic, right? And we love that it's Jalen Rager. <laughs> At least Matt Daniels loves that it's Jalen Rager. But yeah. I think, you know, I think the interesting thing with Smith Marset, and I guess why Chicago went and picked him up, was that people who watched him in college, I kind of, you know, suggested like, give this guy a little time and he could be like a weapon, weapon, you know, an offensive weapon. And, um, you know, you have to have all the fundamentals down. Like, you have to, catch the football that's hurling towards you otherwise you're going to turn it over um but we could see glimpses of him being an explosive player so it just it it sucks for a guy who like gets cut in camp i'm sure trying to just like make the team that you know as a special team or whatever gets an opportunity for revenge and is involved in two really key plays here um having said that you can't shove a guy in the back and you got to protect the ball (laughs) so that's kind of how it goes sometimes yeah it is uh you just feel horrible though, because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as hilarious as it is, like it's objectively hilarious that like a yeah. player on the Vikings made such a big impact for the Vikings. Yeah, um, inside job, yeah, yeah. But it, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, also like that's a that's a dude like you said, just he's just trying to make the team, and uh, literally just cost the Bears, you know, certainly a chance at a win and maybe a win at you know as a whole. Tom, you, you mentioned obviously the, the defensive breakdowns at times, mm-hmm. how they let Fields get away. He, that run, that touchdown run, got called back, but he he broke contain a lot today. That's yeah. just what he's going to do. Um, what did you think of the defense? Um, another example today of, of bending, not breaking. Um, Twenty-two points. They'll take it, I guess. Um, Justin Fields had probably his most effective day of the season as far as just like moving the ball. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Vikings defense probably walks away a little bit encouraged with how they performed. Uh, I guess, what, what do you think about how, to this point, the Vikings defense has been a weakness. Um, it was a weakness at times today, um, but, but they did get the job done when they needed to. What are your main takeaways you know, from the defensive side of the ball? Thinking about it holistically, like they have been bend, don't break. Um, we assume with things that bend and don't break, eventually they, they break. You know, I think of like the Vikings as a whole last year where they seem to hang on, hang on until the Green Bay game and it kind of all fell apart or whatever. Right. Um, the way I see the defense now though, so they've given up, they obviously gave up seven against Green Bay. However, Watson catches that ball. That's probably 14. And I'd argue, I was really surprised the floor in that game took it out of Rogers' hands. And like, you're like, if they don't hold on a fourth and one, that could have been 21. Um, you know, they give up 24 all in the first half to Philadelphia, 24 uh, to Detroit, 25 New Orleans, 22 in this game. I mean, if 
it does seem like the Donatel system. Hey, it was pretty bold to be like, we're going to have all the same guys pretty much. We're going to put them in an entirely different defense. And that doing that while the identity of the team in general changes from a defensive one to an offensive one. Um, having said that, like if this, if this is by design in some ways where it's like you, this, the raw stats look bad, but like the scoring stats are fine, I suppose it's sustainable. The claim I'd make is this offense hasn't broken. 30 yet like we have they haven't gone into the next year i think everyone that team understands like at some point they should probably blow people out at some point you should score at least 30 points it does feel like they're just there's a there's a place they haven't gotten to and we, i think we have to think of it as like this isn't the zimmer team where like the defense kind of wins it for you that you kind of just grind out with small margins the offense should create margins right and the defense probably should just hold teams to around that like mid-20s and it works having said that I wouldn't be incredibly surprised if a really good offense figures out how to break through this. And that's, that's the main concern. What happens against Buffalo uh, improved Dallas team, something like that. Yeah. It goes back to kind of the thing with, with it's not going to work all year. Same with the defense. It's not going to work all year. It's not going to work against these superior teams in the NFL. Good news to the Vikings. They don't have a lot of superior teams on their schedule this year. Um, you look at the schedule and, and we'll get more, into this kind of after the break, it sets up really nicely for the Vikings. They're mm-hmm. four and one right now, um, and I would argue they've gotten a couple of their, you know, a few of their hardest games, you know, on the schedule out of the way. Obviously, Buffalo looming. Um, when we come back, we'll look more into kind of the, you know, the overall depth of the schedule. What, what to expect? What are realistic expectations of this team? Um, now that they are four and one, and, and moving forward into the rest of the season.